So hey everybody, welcome to episode two of my podcast talking about uh, my experience as a theme park employee in Central Florida for a good portion of my life. Um, primarily, it's going to focus around what, what I've done at Disney, but uh, I'm sure I'll have some Universal Studio stories in there as well as we move forward. But um, if you didn't catch my first podcast, it was really about how I started with the mouse, how I got that first job as a Magic Kingdom merchandise host in Adventureland, selling uh, ponchos and film, lots of ponchos, and, uh, and lots of film and shells and whatnot. Um, but uh, I, I touched upon a couple of things in my last podcast around the infrastructure of the Magic Kingdom, and I, and I think, I have to go back and listen, but I believe I said that, inadvertently said Disneyland was built above ground and there are tunnels underneath. I didn't mean that. Uh, I actually meant the Magic Kingdom. If you go back and listen, you'll see I was referring to the Magic Kingdom, so hopefully nobody uh, listening is saying, uh, is trying to call me out. I know how passionate Disney fans are, so I, I get it. And uh, I meant Walt Disney World. I meant the Magic Kingdom and the Utilidors underneath it, not Disneyland. But um, Utilidors, I think, is a good place to start today. And that uh, just to give you a little bit more um, dimensionalization of what that is. So, uh, you know, in, in, in order to... To understand, uh, you know how the utilidors work. Uh, I'll just do a, a quick, you know, recap. Is um, so there are a series of, of tunnels underneath the Magic Kingdom, and each of them have s- specific doors that lead to um, to on stage to the lands, whether it be Frontierland, Tomorrowland, Liberty Square, uh, Main Street USA. So those are uh, those. The tunnels are there to make it accessible for cast members in costume in that that themed costume to get to that location as well as to um, kind of mill about you know getting food or, or taking a break or dumping out the trash or um, you know getting your 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 instruments or your costume uh, it's all done underground so that way it, it kind of preserves the illusion that everything just kind of magically happens and uh, it's a it's a fully fully different experience when you're underground um, so what we used to have to do, and I think you still do, is you would park um, maybe about half a mile away in a big parking lot, and then you would take a bus um, in towards the Magic Kingdom in the back area behind um, Toontown in front in uh, Tomorrowland. Sorry, no, it was uh, Toontown and um, Fantasyland um, behind Pinocchio's Village House, and, and the bus would drop you off there, and then there would just be this you know gaping door that would kind of lead you down to the tunnels and. Uh, and within that utilidor, it kind of broke off into a lot of different directions. And um, it's funny because there uh, there were uh, different colors of paint on the wall. And, and you knew that's how you were headed in a specific direction. So Adventureland might have, um, all the walls might be orange. And Tomorrowland, they might be purple. And Fantasyland, they might be blue. So you, uh, you'd start to understand and, and, and uh, see these colors and, you know, know you're headed in the right direction because it's it's pretty it's a pretty big labyrinth down there and there's there's one long long stretch of of tunnel and that basically goes from Frontierland all the way uh basically towards main street underneath the castle it's it's really long it's like probably a mile maybe a mile and a half and uh you know if you had to get somewhere fast then you would try to find a friend who had a pargo or a golf cart electric golf cart to see if they could give you a ride through um it's funny because i would have to go there to pick up my checks on thursday 
and the merchandise area was like the very very end of the utilidor so I would have to park my car take the bus uh, get to the front of the utilidor and then have to walk all the way down to the merchandise office to pick up my paycheck and then walk all the way back and do it all again and so uh, it was a little bit of a pain and I, I'm sure they don't do it that way anymore but uh, it could be they couldn't make it any more inconvenient for you to pick up a paycheck um, and and you usually have to stop at the uh, at the cafeteria um, you know to get something to drink each way so maybe it was pretty smart on their end but um, but as I mentioned in my last podcast, I was working in, in, in Adventureland merchandise. So as you walked in to the Utilidor, you would basically hang a right, and that would take you down, uh, down a ways to Frontierland and then Adventureland. And so there would be, uh, you know, every 75 feet or so, there would be these, these kind of uh, alleyways that would break off, and they would lead to stairs and doors and those doors would um at the top of the stairs would essentially lead to uh, onstage areas and that was our way to kind of get in and out as, as you know easily as possible so that you could just basically you know leave your shirt untucked or uh you know have your headphones in uh up until when your your shift started because you could do it all backstage and you didn't have to worry about walking through the park and being seen and all that it was also uh Back then, they had something called a, a walk time, and that was basically 20 minutes before your shift ended, and that allowed you to get through the utilidor, get to costuming, to change your clothes, and clock out on time. So they'd basically give you a walk time so that you would uh, get there on time. But um, what's funny about the Aussie utilidors is a lot of the break rooms are down in the utilidors. So you would go on break, you'd take your 15-minute break, and you'd you know, find the doorway, and you'd walk down the stairs, and then find the closest break room, and that break room usually had a TV at a vending machine with, you know, ham and cheese, champs, sandwiches, and um, soda, and uh, and popcorn, and, you know, in in microwave maybe. But uh, I always remember the Adventureland break room was tiny, and it was next to one of the um, the AVAX or the uh, the um, systems that you could basically dump the trash, and then it would shoot through these tubes underground. Um, towards a you know a big a dumping area where it would get picked up, and so you would sit down there and try and watch TV, and you'd hear all the trash flying through these aluminum tubes at a at a blistering rate, and um, and it had a certain smell to it. And after a while, you just kind of you just kind of uh, you didn't think about it anymore. But uh, every once in a while, I'll catch a whiff. You know, I'm walking down the streets of of the city, and I smell something, and it smells like it smells like the utilidor, and it's um you know it's probably pretty gross to those who don't have a trained nose, but or a, a deaf nose, I guess you could say, but um, uh, I could still smell it and I can still hear it, you know the, the trash kind of rumbling um, through those tubes as I'm trying to watch whatever was on TV and, and take my break. But uh, the other things that were kind of fun were. You'd kind of inadvertently stumble upon things inside the Utilidor. Uh, on days off, a buddy of mine would go into the parks and we'd park backstage and, and take the Utilidor to get up on, to, on a property. And I remember one time walking past past uh, Tomorrowland. And so there's in Cosmic Rays, there's a stage where Sunny Eclipse is now that, that 
used to rise up and and it's funny because actually in, in when I was in high school in Orlando I was in the jazz band and I remember playing that stage and I remember going into the Utilidor as a kid or as a in high school the band did and we'd sat you know, sat down at the drum set and started vamping started playing as the as the elevator went up and we started to play so you know I kind of remembered it um, but it was you know they got you in and out as soon as possible so that um, actually you know what I don't think they even took us into the front of the Utilidor I think we met on stage and they took us down that's what it was but anyways so we were walking by and uh we were at, found ourselves almost underneath, completely underneath Alien Encounter, when it was Alien Encounter, and they they use these gigantic subwoofers. They have so two showrooms, so it was one show's going on, the other one's loading, and you know, all that stuff. But they have these they have these like massive subwoofers, the kind that you know you wouldn't you would wouldn't see in someone's car. You might see at a stage, you know, might see at a concert, and they had like ten or twenty of them inside these gigantic wooden cases, and that was what kind of major seat rumble with these really really low frequencies and they were they were littered everywhere and a lot of them were broken so i guess they went through a lot of them Uh, but uh, it was interesting to see like how it all just kind of you know manifested right there into the the this little area of the utility where the alien encounter show was happening you know every 12 minutes every 10 minutes right above us and another time we were walking the other way around fantasy land and we used to kind of get ourselves in a little bit of trouble i think it was just natural curiosity and exploration but we would you know pop through doors um to see where they ended up on stage and i remember one time there was there was a warning sign but it didn't say you know don't enter or don't enter when the park is running or something like that and i popped open the door and it was the London scene. It was right behind the London scene for Peter Pan. So when you fly over London at the beginning of the attraction, this basically popped out right around there. And I was like, oh, oh no, close the close the door, man, close the door. This is this is not good. It was gonna you know trigger something. Uh, but it uh, it never did. So we would do that. We would we would you know try and find these these different areas uh, that maybe we weren't supposed to be in or that, uh, you know, weren't explored or weren't, were trafficked a lot. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. There's some, there were other things down there as well. There used to be a, along the wall, this like maybe 200 yard, um, wooden box or set of wooden boxes. And inside of them would be all these sandbags. And I never knew what that was for. Uh, until I was working one night at um, Adventureland and there was a hurricane that was supposed to come and I don't remember what the hurricane was but you know everyone started freaking out and um, the park didn't close like it, it it ran in normal hours but then once we were closing up my manager said there's a hurricane coming it's coming in the next day or so and we need to basically you know, button everything down as best we can. We need to, you know, take the Lion King cart. We need to wheel it in somewhere and we need to sandbag. And basically what they have is this hurricane ride out crew and it's cast members who raise their hands and say, all right, I'll help. And, but you basically, you know, lock everything down. You, you physically lock it down, you strap it down and then you go down into the utilidors and you grab these sandbags and these sandbags, you know, 
it's like a it's like a fireman's bucket brigade you kind of hand the sandbag to the next person and hand the sandbag to the next person and so on and so forth and you kind of fill up areas but i remember it, the hurricane didn't really hit but we had a wind shear and a lot of rain and the the water in the utilidors it didn't flood completely but it was like an inch inch and a half water just everywhere and it was like you're sloshing around and yeah, I, and I was a miner, but I worked the ride with the rideout crew anyways, and I spent something like a you know a day and a half and sleeping wherever I could as this you know crazy storm is happening outside. Um, so can, you can just imagine all the different uh, life forms that find their way into a, a dark, musty tunnel that's been around for thirty years. And as the water starts to rise, they start to find uh, the nearest exit. So. I'll leave it at that, but it was a, it was a different, a different mouse that usually walks that utilidor that, that we saw a lot of that night. Um, but yeah, so that's the, that's the utilidor. I, I don't want to give it all away. I don't want to ruin the magic for everybody, but, uh, it's, if you look online enough, you'll see, and I think actually some of the books will talk about it too, some of the branded books. So, um, you know, there are, there are things in there too that were, that were good as well. I mean, the costuming or the cast character zoo was there and that's where all the characters would meet and uh kind of shipped out to the certain areas of of the park so that was kind of fun to walk around and see all the different characters kind of milling about or three or four mickey mouses hanging out oh oh no i just i just told you there's more than one mickey mouse <laughs> sacrilege uh but uh yeah so that's the that's the utilidors that's um that's the one in the Magic Kingdom. It's actually one in Epcot. It's half of one in Epcot, at least. They tried to do the same thing. And they built Epcot in 1981 uh, around Communicore, East and West, or Interventions, that they wanted to do the same thing for Future World, where they wanted to build this underground series of tunnels to make it easier for everyone to get around. And uh, from what I've always heard is you know, one, part of it collapsed because the ground wasn't sturdy enough. And so they never finished it. It's, it's still there. You can find the right door and you can see them. In fact, if you go back um, where guest relations is inside the park or you can make reservations, um, there's a, a, an access road in the back called the Mar- uh, Avenue of the Stars. And uh, that actually leads into one of the utilidors. So I don't know if it's what they've done with it since, and it's not that long at all. But that was uh, there's there is a set of utilidors in Epcot, just not really the it's used for the its intended purpose. I think it's just never able to uh, able to to be like the one in the Magic Kingdom. So another great experience that I had working at the Magic Kingdom was uh, well a lot of fun and something that I don't think everybody had the pleasure an opportunity to do and that was um that was called super greeting and the way it worked was uh certain cast members from uh, the magic kingdom would be selected to basically walk around the park all day and just have fun with guests just um you know if people were waiting for the parade you'd kind of you know pep them up and, and have a little fun, maybe have like a water uh, squirt gun fight or um, give out balloons or uh, my favorite was grabbing guests and um, bringing them to the front of the line uh, of rides. So we would just walk around and see someone having fun and or have a little fun with them or just ask them how their day was going and then just say, hey, 
you, have you ever been on Thunder Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain? You haven't? Well, let's go. Let's go ride. And then you'd get to go ride with them. So it was this great opportunity to you know, make the guest day. It made our day go by really, really fast. And, um, you know, it was, it was entertaining. It was entertaining for the guests. It was entertaining for me. I love to, to be social with people. And this was the greatest chance I had, you know, going from these vacant stores in Adventureland, staring at the clock, you know, kind of ticking over minute by minute and then being able to, you know, change out my costume for just a, a polo shirt and khakis and my name tag and, and just go have fun with people. And, um, I think we were the first to do it. I remember the person who invited me to do it. She was kind of filling in a role in Adventureland merchandise and I was doing something asinine, I'm sure, kind of, you know, being myself and, and hamming it up for the guests or, or for my fellow cast members. And she came over and she said, you know, have you thought of, uh, have you ever thought of doing anything else? And I said, yeah, I, I, I'm up for anything. As long as it's not food service, then I'm, I'm up for anything. And she said, well, we're trying this thing called Super Greeting and told me what it was and basically said, are you interested in going out and, and are you comfortable talking to people like um, a lot? And I said, yeah. So um, I wish I remembered her name. I think I remember her name, but for the purpose of the podcast, all names will either be changed or forgotten about conveniently. Uh, but she and I uh, basically had access to um, to like this shed of like little goodies, like nothing too expensive, but just goodies. You know, we could give people like you know, plastic tops or whistles or green army men, things like that. And so we would grab those and then we would just go hang out in the park for eight hours and, you know, getting people, you know, even more excited about the day that they're having, whether it be a really busy day or a hot day, a rainy day, a perfect day. We'd always try and, and play to, um, to counteract whatever the tough part was today. So if it was a busy day, then, then getting people to the front of the line was, was, was key. If it was a hot day, then we would, like I said, we had the squirt gun and we would squirt people. Um, if it was a rainy day, then, you know, I might run out in the middle of main street USA while everybody's under the tarps and you know, do a singing in the rain, uh, number from singing in the rain, you know, something that was just a little bit, a little bit zany, a little bit kooky. But it was um, it was fun for everybody, and I I remember this one time that we were we're walking around um, just kind of doing our thing, and and we found this family, and they had a little boy, and and he's you know probably seven years old or something like that, and we were saying, "How your day? How's your day going?" And I remember he was really excited because he told us that his family came to Disney World a year prior and he wasn't tall enough to ride Space Mountain and now he's tall enough to ride Space Mountain and that's where they were headed and they were just, just he was so excited and I think he, he had like somebody gave him something from a year ago saying bring this back when you're 45 inches higher whatever it was and we'll well you know we'll ride you know we'll, we'll look forward to seeing you something like that and I said that's amazing um, that you've kept that first of all, and that you're so excited. He's like, yeah, I can't stop thinking about it. Like, this is really what I've always wanted to ride. So I was like, well, we'll do you one better. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll go ride and, uh, we'll go to the front of the line. So you don't have to wait. And he's like, you know, gee, golly, thanks, mister. Or whatever. And, uh, cause it's, you know, 1950. And he, and so, uh, we decided to go ride with him and because 
all we do is take our name tags off and we just go ride with them. And, and, uh, so we're getting closer and closer and his eyes are getting bigger and bigger as we, as we approach space mountain. And I'm like, you you know, you excited? And he's like, ah, you know, I thought I was excited and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty terrified. Like I'm pretty scared. And I'm like, there's nothing to be scared about. It's just a really fast out of control car in the dark. And he's like, okay, that, that, that doesn't help. That doesn't help me. But, uh, I was like, look, it's over before you even know it. And he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, like, we'll ride. We'll, we'll ride with you. It's it's no big deal. And then if you like it, we'll ride again. You know, we'll let you go again. And he's like, okay. And so we go to the, I want him to get the full experience, his family get the full experience. So we went to the front of the entrance. We didn't go through the exit. We went to the, the front there. Um, when you first walk in and you go down the, the ramp and all that stuff. And But this is way before fast pass or single riders or or anything like that so both of the queues were totally packed it was a hot summer day totally full we kind of jumped over to the side and and walked our way up back when they had the old queue and you could still kind of make you know make your way up and he's looking at all these people and and he's like starting to get a little he's walking a little slower and he's getting really timid he's kind of you know leaning into his parents a little bit more and he's like "Ah," you know i'm like okay let's let's get all the way to the front if if you you don't want to do it then there's an exit and and you know at least you've gotten to see the inside the interior and then we'll ride the wedway people mover and you can see the rest of the ride or whatever and he's like all right okay okay fine fine so we, we keep walking up and walking up and and he's like all right i, I want to do it i'm like you sure he's like yeah I, w- I want to do it so we get in and get on the ride and as you know you kind of start and go through the tunnel and then you go to the top of the lift hill and you know, you, you can hear the the people screaming on the other rides. You can see him shooting past you, and he's like, "We're in the same car." And I think it, I don't remember who it was, but it was me, the other super greeter, him, and then his parents were in in front. You know, the cars attached, and they were in the three in front. You know, his sister and his and his parents. So we're going through, we're going through, and he's you know, he's kind of crying. <laughs> but laughing so he doesn't know like if he can cut loose or whatever like that and and then I could tell he was crying he was not thrilled about it he's like this is a bad idea so we get almost to the end of the ride at where you get past the red tunnel the, the explosion tunnel what a re-entry and uh and then you know you kind of like you coast a little bit until you make the turn to get to the unload area so we're still in the ride we're not the unload area and all of a sudden the ride like screeches to a halt and the kid's bawling the kid's crying and what happened was the ride went 101 or the ride broke down and um <laughs> and he's like freaking out the kid's losing it and i'm looking over the other super grader and she's like oh christ she's like what are we gonna do and the parents are like everyone's locked into their seats and they're looking back and he's just he's he's mortified the kid's just absolutely mortified and we wait there for like five minutes and what happens is uh something happened or something fell off uh, someone's hat fell off or something. I don't remember what it was, but they had to basically walk the cars down and, and walk them in. So they flipped the lights on and then he sees the track, the mess of track. And, and I was like, look, that's really cool. No one gets to see this. And he's, <laughs> that's like the last thing the kid wants to see. And he's, he's totally freaking out. And, uh, and so the, the cast members, the space mountain cast members finally get to our car and they kind of push it in. And he's just like, give me out, give me out. Just like clawing, trying to claw his way out. And so we get off the ride and I was like, like totally stone faced. I'm like, so you want to go again, right? And he's like, okay. <laughs> and so the kid, like a baller, like a champ, 
goes right back up and rides it again and and we prep him a little bit more this time and since he's he rode it uh we put him on the alpha track which is some say it's less intense than the beta track and and so we we put him on the alpha track <laughs> i'll never forget that kid just just soiling himself in fear <laughs> do the whole ride and uh but he, you know like a champ he 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 pulled through so uh i guess you could say that uh you know anything can happen anywhere at any time so kudos to to that kid and uh and kudos to you guys for for hanging in for for this podcast um i hope this is enjoyable for you i i do really like telling these stories and uh hopefully i'm gonna get a little better at it as as we continue our little history tour um through my experiences at walt disney world but uh um yeah so utilidors if uh if you have any more questions let me know and um super greeting and actually super greeting would really quickly would not be uh the, not the last time i would be a super greeter although at the magic kingdom uh that that position i think was just a seasonal thing i did it only a handful of times and then i moved to another park so not sure if they kept it going but but uh i have a lot more experiences super greeting some good some bad but uh, that's for another time so uh, again hope you enjoyed t- uh, this episode um getting ready to uh work on the notes for the third one so uh put that out pretty quickly but um, again if you're enjoying it let me know and uh i'll see you next time